Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. Last night was the Michigan primary, and Donald Trump faced a fierce battle with Nikki Haley. I say fierce, but he won decisively, and it's presumed that many of the people who voted for Nikki Haley were actually Democrats who just didn't like Joe Biden. Now, here's where it gets really funny. In the city of Dearborn, Michigan, Joe Biden lost to no one. No, no, no. Like literally he lost to no one. Uh, hold on. I'm not saying he didn't lose. I'm saying uncommitted got more votes than Joe Biden in the city of Dearborn, Michigan. This is a heavily Muslim city, and they're very upset about what's going on with the war between Israel and God, and Hamas, I should say. Now, in the entirety of the Michigan primary, they say 100,000 people voted uncommitted. That's just about 14% of the vote. Here's what I absolutely love. You've got these articles popping up saying, you know, the Wall Street Journal reports, this is a big warning sign for Trump and Joe Biden. I got to stop you there. No, this is a big warning sign for Joe Biden. Why are people voting for Nikki Haley? Do you expect me to believe that people are voting for Nikki Haley because they don't like Trump? Okay, sure. I'm not an idiot. Some people absolutely are Republicans who don't like Trump, so they're voting for Nikki Haley. But we know for a fact, a large portion of current primary voters in the states where there have been primaries are Democrats who voted for Joe Biden in 2020 who are voting for Nikki Haley now for a couple of reasons. One, they want Trump to lose. And voting for Nikki Haley sabotages Trump in the primary. Not enough. Trump will still be the Republican nominee and the polls, the betting odds, everything has him winning. Now, of course, it's Trump's to lose and a lot can change between now and then. So we will see. I don't I think y'all can't you don't don't count your chickens before they hatch. There's going to there is a shadow campaign underway, just like Time magazine said in 2020. There is more than meets the eye. Now, that being said. Yeah, when the other reason that people are voting for Trump, a component of, of, of the reason why is because they don't want Joe Biden. Democrats who don't care for Biden don't care to vote for him. So they're willing to sabotage Trump. To be fair, a large portion probably think he's going to win anyway. What's the point? And they're sabotage votes. 
But the real issue here is not a warning to Donald Trump. It's a warning to Joe Biden. If you lose Dearborn, Michigan, like I think it was a massive number. I don't know what the number was, but Joe Biden lost in Dearborn. Michigan showed 15, 14%. That's 14%. It's like 13 point something. 13 point something percent of voters, about 14%, voted uncommitted in protest of Biden's handling of Israel and, uh, and, and Gaza, Palestine. Yeah, I'm sorry, my friends. Uh, double digits, whether it was 10 or 99, but like 10%, that's a political death sentence. If this translates into the Muslim population at large. I mean, even if Joe Biden loses one or two percent, he is done, let alone 14. So this is big news, baby. Here we go. Reuters reports Michigan's 100,000 uncommitted votes show Israel impact on Biden. Joe Biden's campaign and top Democratic officials vowed to double down on efforts to win over voters as the U.S. president aims to solve conflicts in the Middle East after Michigan registered a stronger than anticipated protest vote over his support of Israel. About 13.2 percent of Michigan Democrats cast a ballot for uncommitted in the primary following a weeks long push by activists. An Edison research tally showed early Wednesday morning. Now, now, hold on. I thought it was a little bit more than that. Oh, OK, I was wrong. I was wrong. Um, I thought the reports at 13.7. So let's I don't want to round up to 14. Let's round down to 13. Let's say 13 percent. Doesn't change all that much about what my point is. At 13 percent, if that if half of that translates to the general, Biden can't win. Done. If Biden loses three percent, done. Can't win. That's just it's 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 crazy. But he's we're talking about rate rates within margins here. With about 85 percent of all votes counted, the uncommitted vote was already over 100,000 votes, far higher than expectations. Turnout for the Democratic primary was also high. At some 900,000 voters overall, about 81% of those votes backed Biden. Biden's campaign will continue to make our case in the state to both uncommitted voters and the entire Michigan constituency. The president will continue to work for peace in the Middle East. Biden's staunch support for Israel, uh, Israel's, uh, Israel's during its five month war. I don't know. That's a typo, I guess, with Hamas that has decimated Gaza and sparked outrage as well as organized backlash among progressive Democrats and Arab Americans with Michigan as their epicenter. They asked Biden to push for a permanent ceasefire in Gaza and for sympathetic Democrats to vote uncommitted in the primary to signal uh, to signal Biden could lose their support in the November general election, aiming for 10,000 votes, a low figure historically. About 20,000 uncommitted votes were cast in Michigan's 2012 Democratic primary. The last time a Democratic president was up for re-election in Michigan. Biden won Michigan by less than 3% in 2020, and some polls show likely Republican candidate Donald Trump ahead in a head-to-head matchup this time. Interestingly, there are a lot of individuals uh, that you normally would expect to support Joe Biden supporting Donald Trump, a lot of Muslims as well. And you got to ask, how, how, well, why? Why? I mean, Trump's way more pro-Israel than Biden is. Yeah. And that's true. And that will play a role in Trump not getting support from many of the same people. But Democrats are also supporting far left policies, gender ideology, LGBTQ stuff, and the more conservative leaning religious Muslim voters are choosing Donald Trump over Joe Biden. That's a reality. I don't know if enough, but not afraid of voters. Hamas fighters killed 1200 people and captured 253 hostages on October 7th, according to Israeli tallies, triggering Israel's ground assault. We, we know, we know. 
Michigan Democratic officials vowed to do more to win over voters. Tomorrow is the first day of this general election. We are not afraid of people participating in democracy. We're not afraid of voters. We're not afraid of people who are all, who are ready to speak out in good faith, blah, blah, blah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it translates to this. Detroit Free Press, with one precinct, precinct in Dearborn remaining, uncommitted is beating Biden in the city. Dearborn, of course, for those that know, is heavily, heavily uh, uh, Muslim. So I wonder if they have the actual uh, full tally here. They say uncommitted in Dearborn was 56% while Biden had received 40% according to the results posted on the city clerk's website. Well, let's uh, let's pull that up right now. So it looks like, okay, it looks like we have their, their, their results. Uh, Joe Biden with 40.37, uncommitted with 56.22. And this is, it looks like 11,000 votes in the entire state. Ladies and gentlemen, 100,000 people. You also need to factor in that many of those Nikki Haley voters are Democrat protest voters as well. Many Democrats were like, Joe Biden's not it. I'll take Nikki Haley. No kidding. There's a viral video. And I, and I know this is not the main talking point people are, are saying, but it's true. There's a viral video of a guy who says that he's always voted Democrat. Uh, There's actually a bunch of videos. People are like, I've always voted Democrat, but Joe Biden, he can't win. He's 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 not mentally sound. You know, Nikki Haley probably won't win. There's a lot of people have been expressing, but Nikki Haley is better. You also have people who are saying, you know, the inverse as well. And that's why I think this matters. Like, that's why I don't normally this is not the main talking point. They say Trump is bad, so I'm going to vote Democrat as well. But if Joe Biden is getting 100,000 uncommitted votes, he can't win. If that translates to the general, he can't win. And Michigan, a very important swing state, of course. Biden won the Michigan primary decisively, but not by enough to calm Democrat angst. This is from Politico. But here's where things get fun. The Wall Street Journal. Michigan wins carry warning signs for Biden and Trump. Really? All right, let's hear it. Each campaign needs to shore up support after Biden faces protest votes over Gaza and some college educated Republicans can resist Trump. Both President Biden and former President Donald Trump drew sizable protest votes as they secured victories in Michigan's primaries Tuesday. Now comes the crucial question in the battleground state. What will those voters do in November? Although Biden faced minimal opposition in the primary, an effort to persuade voters to cast ballots as uncommitted garnered tens of thousands of votes as Michiganders went to the polls. The vote marked one of the more high profile protests to date over the president's handling of Israel Hamas war for the Trump team. All right, let's hear it. Michigan offered a chance to see if the former president could improve on his support among voters with a four year degree, a notable weak spot in the 2024 Republican primary contests. Some of those problems for Trump appeared to gain on Tuesday night as his opponent, Nikki Haley, captured close to 30 percent of the vote just days after getting close to 40 percent in her home state of South Carolina. I don't care. I don't buy it. This is a manipulation. Take a look at this. ABC News. Nikki this is from the, uh, the 26th, so the day before the primary. Nikki Haley argues Trump not getting 40 percent of primary voters is clue he'd lose to Biden. What, 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 what does that even mean? What does that headline mean? Not getting the 40 percent she got or not reaching the 40 percent threshold. What is this? Former U.S. Ambassador Nikki Haley keeps losing to Trump by double digits. But the fact that the former president has only managed to reach 60 percent of the vote in the contested races so far should be taken as a warning sign, Haley said on Monday. And this is the game they're playing. Donald Trump, as technically the Republican incumbent, did not win 40 percent of the vote. 
So what she's saying is of the 40 percent of people who voted for her, he didn't win them over. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout fastgrowingtrees.com code pool offer is valid for a limited time terms and conditions may apply so what you are looking at is something shifting and this has been happening for a while haley was reiterating an argument she'd been making more and more including the previous night in troy michigan that even though she has yet to win a state for the race in the republican presidential nomination and her path to catching trump looks all but gone a notable minority of conservative voters are signaling that they want someone other than Trump and they deserve an alternative. I know 40% is not 50%, but I also know that 40% is not some tiny group. In the next 10 days, another 21 states and territories will speak. They have the right to a real choice, not a Soviet style election with only one candidate. This is just the stupid. Oh, she is such a despicable person. Such a manipulation of what's going on. Man, Nikki Haley is just so awful. You know, it's funny. Ron DeSantis is no longer part of the equation, but his base, we all know about that. But let's be real. A large portion of the people voting for Nikki Haley are Democrats. It's no secret. Even CNN reported this, interviewing people in New Hampshire who said, I'm a Democrat, I vote Democrat, but I'm voting for Nikki Haley to sabotage Trump. And now you're coming out, Nikki Haley, and saying, look, 40% of conservatives, that's a lie. And you know it. Here we go from the New York Times. Top Democratic donor Reed Hoffman gives $250,000 to a Nikki Haley super PAC. And there it is, ladies and gentlemen. This story, of course, from December 5th. Y'all know it. We had a, a, a member's message, a super chat, a uh, super chat message on IRL, Tim Guest IRL last night. And they said, Nikki Haley's coming to my college campus. What should I ask her? Riley Moore of uh, West Virginia, probably going to be a member of Congress soon uh, at the end of the year, said, uh, he's state treasurer now. Ask her why she's accepting money or fundraising uh, off of Reed Hoffman, Democratic donor. It's a tough, it's a tough question because what you'll say is, hey, it's, I have nothing to do with these super PACs. The real question is, why do you think Democrats are donating to you and voting for you? Now, that's a good question. Why? Because there's only one of two answers. She can say to sabotage Donald Trump in the primary elections. She does that weird thing with her teeth when she talks. She won't say that, though. She'll say, you know, many Democrats also don't want Joe Biden, so they're willing to vote Republican. I'm bringing Democrats into the fold to vote Republican for me. And let her say that. Let her say that, because that breaks the narrative. When she tries to come out and claim that Donald Trump not getting these votes is proof that people want to want to change. 
force her to admit, actually, it's Democrats that are supporting you and voting for you. So that's just plumb not true. It's a dirty game. These Democrat voters come come November are going to vote uh, Joe Biden in the general. That is assuming Joe Biden makes it to the general. It's only the end of February. There's some speculation that Biden wouldn't make it to Super Tuesday, that Super Tuesday would be the day that something happens and Biden drops out. I don't know if you saw him on uh, Seth Meyers. Holy, it is so cringe. Seth Meyers is like, "Uh, you're 81. And he's like, hey, you know, so the other guy is about as old as I am. And I'm like, yeah, that's not helping your case, brother. He's still a little younger, but I ain't helping your case. And then he's like, he also can't remember the name of his wife. And everyone laughs. And it's like, my my guy, Joe Biden. Listen, if you're if you're trying to reinforce the seal clapping voters of the Seth Meyers audience, fine. But if you're trying in any way to convince people that you're capable, uh, that ain't it, Mister. Trunin and a of pressure, bad a calf care and next now recent. Now, many of you may be new to politics and you're saying, look, I, I, it's, it's an election season. So I started watching. What did you just say to him? Next now recent, bad a calf care, Trunin and a of pressure. Yeah, yeah. Trunin and a of pressure. Those are words Joe Biden has said. I have no idea what he was trying to say. I, 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 some people speculate true international uh, cooperation under pressure, maybe. But I have no idea because like, together we can bring about Trinidad shop of pressure. What? OK, and then you go on Seth Meyers, probably hopped up on goofballs. I shouldn't say goofballs because uppers. That gave, you know, look, man, Biden probably sleeps, I don't know, 13, 14 hours a day. They wake him up for the one hour a day to have him do work. He probably rests most of the week because he does not have the energy. Um, you know, I feel he's an old man. He's an old man, right? Look, I'm going to be 38 in like a week and a half, 38 years old. And uh, I'm starting to take my health more seriously. I recently hired a personal trainer, just started uh, just yesterday. Because I'm like, we got to go. We got to go full steam, maybe. You know, I'm not, I'm not 19. I'm not going to jump off a building like I used to. That's what I used to say. Skateboard, jump off a building. Getting old. So now, should have done it when you were younger. That's the, that's the mistake. You know, my advice to anybody who's younger is, Train now. And man, it's 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 really tough because uh, it, it's 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 funny because I, I, I heard the same thing. I just didn't know what to do, you know, when I was younger. Now that I'm 38 and uh, learning more, reading more, me, talking to people more, I'm like, OK, I'm going to start. I'm going to get a personal trainer. I, I skate all the time, but I'm like, let's let's well round out all of it. That's the advice I give everybody. And if you are young, I will warn you of this. Older folks always tell younger folks to train and get in shape now. And they think, I feel great. I don't need to do that. Now, the point is, you as you get older, I know everyone said it to me. And I was just like, I don't care now, right? I'm 20 years old. I feel great. I'll worry about that when I'm older. It's like, yeah, but no joke. You could feel better. That's the crazy thing. Like I'm actually skating better than I've ever skated in my life, taking care of my body, eating the right amount of protein. And so that's the thing, man. Here's why I bring all that up to stop the personal health stuff and get back into the news. At a certain point, your recovery periods start taking longer and longer, depending on the, the workouts you're doing, the exercise you're doing. You know, back in the day, I could jump off a building three times 
you know, uh, like when, when you're skating, and you're jumping off of huge j- jumping from large heights. You do that 30 times in one day before you finally get, you know, whatever trick you're trying to do. And then the next day you're out skating again. Yeah, not no more. No, because if, if I if I do a hard session to get something on film the next day, I'm like, it's rest day. And thir- 38, man, as you get older, you're, you don't have the same level of recovery. Now, think about where Joe Biden is at 81. You put him in a wheelchair with a burlap blanket, you know, a blanket on his on his lap, wheel him into the sun. It's going to take him seven or eight days to get back up to one or two hours of high function, if he can even muster high function at all anymore. And I'm not trying to be a dick. Trump certainly seems a bit more spry than Joe Biden, which is very strange. Trump's got energy. Isn't that crazy? Like you watch Trump speak. and You're like, man, this guy's like 78 or what? how old is Trump? I think he's 78. Let me let me let me double check Trump age. 77. Sorry, 77. I mean, he's an old guy. Here's the important thing to understand. This is not good news for Trump either. Joe Biden, watch videos of Joe of Joe Biden speaking in 2020. And he was speaking this four years ago. This is back when Joe Biden was 77. Sure, he was still a little off and people made fun of him about his weird stories and his creepy stories. He had that one video where he's like, this is my sister. And he points to his wife and he's like, oh, no, they switched on me. And I'm like, oh, he didn't realize his wife was standing next to him. That's not a big deal, is it? But it is a sign. Four years later, the man can barely stay awake. His eyes are all squinted. And he's like, listen, listen, I, I, you know, Trump is, is near his old time. Come on, man. He's really starting to fade. He will not make it another term. That is a fact. I don't think Joe Biden will make it through the year. Now, we got great medical technology. We can certainly extend his life beyond its uh, normal years. But the man has a plate in his brain or whatever. He's already fading fast. And he already was hiding in 2020 because he was so frail and old. And now here we are. Trump's 77. But he's still spry, still doing these rallies, and he's still hitting these talking points. If Trump gets elected this year, by the time he finishes his term, I think he will be a very old, a much older and weaker man. As you get older, it is an exponential decline. And that's what we're witnessing with Joe Biden to the point where he is incapable of doing the job. That's where we're headed. I don't see how Joe Biden makes it. I really don't. And right now you've got people in this country suffering economically. They try to claim over and over again in the media that, uh, no, 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 things are great. Things are great. Bidenomics is working. Yeah, Bidenomics is working. Kellogg's CEO is slammed for suggesting Americans should eat cereal for dinner to save money. Holy crap. I'm not going to blame the Kellogg CEO for this. Not at all. I'm going to say, you know what, man? Respect to the Kellogg CEO for saying this. He knows, despite all of the media reports about the economy doing well, he knows Americans are hurting. He wants to sell his product. I can respect that. And he says, have you considered eating cereal for dinner? Why not? I wonder what their CEO is having for dinner. Oh, he's having steak. You know what? You know what? I, you know, for a while, I was a big, big filet mignon guy. And people tell me it's filet mignon or you got a ribeye's better. It's got more of that steak flavor. And then I discovered pan seared tenderloin. That's it. That is it, baby. Thinly sliced pan seared tenderloin, medium rare. That's what you have for dinner. 
if you can afford it in this economy, I tell you, you go to a local farm, you might be able to find better prices because less transport, like they they butcher the cow and then they wrap it in the thing, they put it in the freezer and then you're good to go. But uh, it's also, you know, organic and healthier. Here's the thing about cereal. I'll tell you this. You know, I've oft, I've long said like people are eating too many carbs. And I think I, I certainly believe that's true. Most people's diet is like pure carbohydrates. And so I was doing large, low carb for a while, but you know, in the, in the, uh, uh, full transparency. So I bring in this trainer the other day and we, we do upper body workout. I never do upper body, only ever skate. So I'm like, not very, not very good upper body. I think, uh, I think I benched like 165 and that was, it was like one. And it was like, okay, I think that's where you're at. And I'm like, right, I'm, I'm not going to pretend to be good or strong upper body. Um, but he gave me my macros. He's like, here's what you got to eat. It's like 280 carbs per day. I'm like, I've been eating like 20. Cause, uh, you know, to be fair though, I don't, I, I don't do heavy activity like I used to. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. And so I certainly think Americans eat too much. They eat too many carbs for a sedentary lifestyle. That being said, I actually think, you know, I'm going to try this out and we'll see where it goes. But perhaps the real issue is more protein and more exercise are the real things most American needs, most Americans need. And I suppose I would view it like, yeah, if you're if you're sedentary, you should have more protein and way less carbs. Eating a bowl of cereal is insane. You're getting nothing but carbs, You're like almost no protein, maybe the milk in it or whatever. But anyway, here we go with the health stuff again. Let me just put it this way. Yo, the reason the Kellogg CEO said this, because he knows people can't afford it anymore. Do you think a father pouring a bowl of Fruit Loops for his children for dinner is a proud man? He's an angry man. He wants to know why it is. He cannot buy his children chicken breast and give them a good meal because he's trying. Not everybody. Certainly, there are some dads who are just like, here's a bowl of cereal. Shut up. But I know that there are a lot of dads out there who are pouring a bowl of cereal and saying something ain't right. I am not making enough right now. The cost of steak is too high. What is happening? Well, mass illegal immigration is putting a drain on society. Bernie Sanders said in 2015. Open borders will make your nation poor. And that's what we're seeing right now. It's a fact. The American people, man, the younger generation, you got to wake up to what this means. You'll eat the bugs. They're going to say you need protein. I got some bugs for you to eat. And I wonder what that father is going to think. He's pouring a bowl of cricket for his children saying it's all we can afford. But you got to eat your protein, son.
In fact, I'm sure he would be much more proud to say, I got my kid a steak. Not a filet mignon or a ribeye. Maybe just, I don't know, a marinated flank steak or something or a T-bone, something from the grocery store, not too expensive, but good red meat for their kids. And you don't always want to just do the red meat. You got, you got to throw in some uh, something else. Some chicken is pretty good. But a bowl of cereal for breakfast. Man, it's not looking good for Joe Biden because anything you say, uncommitted, too old, none of that matters. It's the economy, stupid. And if people feel like they can't live come November, they're going to say, don't know, don't care. Give me Donald Trump. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I'll see you all then. A young woman was brutally murdered in Georgia. And the man who did it was a criminal alien living in this country under sanctuary policies. He didn't go to this university. Apparently did not know this woman. And uh, he killed her. And it's a sad, terrifying story. New details are emerging. And now the mayor of Athens, Georgia, is saying, you know, Trump was using the most vile rhetoric to describe foreign born people. The absolute scumbag. I'm just so sick of it, man. Donald Trump referred to criminals in unsavory and unflattering terms, not the foreign born. And it is because of these psychopaths we get these stories. Here we are. Trump blames Biden's border invasion for Lake and Riley murder and vows the largest deportation operation if elected. And this is why people say they're going to vote for Donald Trump. Man, this one riles me up. I, it's, it's so hard to read this story. Let me tell you a story first. Let me tell you a story, my friend. Story time with Tim Pool. I lived in Florida, briefly lived in the Miami, Miami area in, uh, near Homestead in the Redlands, they call it. It's a five acre property. It was like kind of a farm property. And uh, one day we heard from some locals, be careful, that some men were invading homes. The story we were told was basically a guy uh, was upstairs in his house in the shower. And when he got out of the shower in his towel, he heard noise coming from downstairs. He went downstairs and as he was walking down the stairs, two guys were there and one guy pulled out a gun and shot him and killed him. That was it. He was dead. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know the full details. This is what the neighbors told us. And they said, be careful because there was a string of home invasions and people had died. The people that were, uh, I don't know the full details, but what we were, we were ended up being told. So this is around the time I was like, man, we, you know, we, we probably need to get guns or something like this. We were told the guys who were doing it were criminal aliens. They had entered the country illegally and they were attacking people's homes in rural areas, knowing that there's no police and that they would bring guns to kill anyone who fought back. And they killed the guy. The locals there said criminal aliens, illegal immigrants broke into people's homes. They're a real threat. So when Donald Trump showed up for a rally in Fort Lauderdale and I was there and I was talking to people, there was uh, a, a woman who mentioned that her son had been killed by an illegal immigrant driving his car, drunk and crashed and killed him, didn't have insurance. Or I think he hit him and then fled because he was illegal and didn't have insurance. I am just so sick of these stories. These people should not be here. Now, of course, the argument from the left is anyone can commit crimes, Tim. 
Anyone could have crashed a car and hit and run. American citizens do it too. And I'm like, right. And this young man would be alive if that criminal alien wasn't allowed in the country. What's your point? This young woman would be alive if we stopped allowing criminal aliens to enter this country. Let alone the fact that Gen Z can't afford to buy houses, start families or live. And they're giving luxury apartments, hotel rooms to criminal aliens, and they're giving them debit cards with cash on them. I want you to hear this this exchange. Jack Posobiec tweets. He says, here is the mayor of Athens, Georgia, telling us we must respect the dignity of migrants and tries to deflect to Trump and Charlottesville. Absolute scumbag. Lakin Riley was just beaten to death under his sanctuary city policies. Humanity is the expectation of human dignity. While 2019 was not that long ago, you might remember the dynamic we were living in in the late teens in this country, where you had the President of the United States speaking in the most vile terms about people who were foreign born. A lie. A disgusting lie. It is people like this that are responsible for these innocent deaths. They allowed it to happen. And they blame Donald Trump. And Donald Trump's whole campaign premise was we're going to build a big, beautiful 30-foot concrete wall from sea to shining sea. Impractical, silly, but we got the point. We cannot allow criminals to break into our homes and kill young people. Sell drugs, fentanyl, but here we are, thanks to these zealous cult members. And you had that notion oh, metastasizing in places like Charlottesville. Charlottesville. <laughs> when I was younger, so when we I have... was a criminal. And you know what I thought about doing? Crossing the border to Mexico to get away from my crimes. Son, I'm going to ask you to leave. Jesus Christ. He saved me, and I no longer live that lawless life, I'm, which you do. Son, I'm going to ask you, you to leave. You lawless, Mr. Mayor. I'd be glad to schedule some time with you if you'd like some individual time. Yeah, I'd like to spend some time with you. Let's do that, but I, I need to continue. I got a question. I'm sorry. I went to meet the people. Are you going to ask the resolution? Is that still in place? Is that, is, does that get the impression this is a sanctuary city? What? No, you can't call it that under Georgia law? What we wish to do is dignify everybody's humanity. There's nothing in that resolution. Even the murderer presumably was trying to rape this young woman and panicked because she fought back. So he crushed her skull. The dignity of these humans. That creates the wall. You took your note to uphold the law, not your feelings or nor your opinion. No, sir. You're talking BS to us right now. I need to answer one question at a time. These people are evil. Abject evil with a smile on his face. He says, Donald Trump in Charlottesville after a young woman is brutally murdered. Here we go. The New York Post. Migrant charged with murdering Lake and Riley likely panicked when she fought back. Profiler. The Venezuelan migrant charged with murdering Lake and Riley likely panicked and bashed in her skull when the brave nursing student tried to fight back according to an analysis from a former criminal profiler. Jose Antonio Ibarra, 26, has been charged with multiple murder and assault counts in the death of of the 22-year-old whose skull was disfigured when she died of blunt force trauma. 
You know, it's fascinating. There's a quote here and it says, and the coward, the cowardly killer likely panicked while trying to, and then it stops. And I was like, what was he trying to do? I think we all know what he was trying to do. He was a sick piece of human trash. He still is. And he was trying to rape this young woman. And she said no. So he crushed her skull. And I'm supposed to sit here and listen to this mayor say it's Trump's fault for using bad language about foreign born people. I like immigrants. I love immigrants. I want all the immigrants of the world to come to America. Oh, yeah. I'll get into arguments with all the conservatives, but I'll tell you this. All the immigrants in the world that come here have to come here legally. And that means there's going to be a process by which they can come here legally. That means we'll only allow a certain amount to come in every year. It means they must meet certain criteria. So not every person in the world gets to be a migrant that comes to this country. But I am a big fan of brain draining other countries. You want to win war? We don't need war. Let's take all the most intelligent people from these other countries and capable, give them better lives, entice them to come here, and we can bask in the technological and uh, uh, intelligent and capable revolution. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think the smartest people from Russia, Russia's not going to be able to fight a war, are they? So we don't need war. We need to win through economics, through sound policy. We got to do that by uh, having a secure border. Instead, we're doing the opposite of a brain drain. A brain drain refers to when the smartest people of a nation flee and go somewhere else. Instead, the United States under Joe Biden is allowing millions, 10 million plus criminals. They're criminals. I'll say it again. Criminals. The immigrants who come to the U.S. border and say, I would like to come to your country. These are good people. They believe in this country. They see value here. I respect it. You come, you knock on my door, I will hear you out. Maybe we've got room for you, but there are rules. You smash my window, you come in, and you beat and kill my children, and we're going to build that wall. I'm glad this mayor said this, and I hope he shares, I hope that message he he, he said goes far and wide. And I'm going to say it to every single person I meet who's like, Donald Trump said bad things about migrants and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to be like, 22-year-old girl had her skull crushed. By, by a criminal alien. And when they say anyone can commit crimes, you can't conflate immigration with crime. That's what they're trying to do. I say, what does that have to do with the fact that if this man had been stopped, this young woman would be alive? I don't care if people in the U.S. commit crimes relative to this story, because we have police, we have laws, attempts to stop those crimes from happening. But you want to tell me anyone in America committed a crime, Tim. It's not immigration that makes the crime. This guy committed a crime. And if he was stopped, this young woman would be alive. It's that simple. If a guy steals a purse and you don't arrest him and then a week later murders somebody, I will be mad too. The point is this. If the law was enforced, this young woman would be alive. It's remarkable. And a lot of people, they vote for it. 
They say in this case, the offender was met with resistance, which he wasn't expecting. And it got overpowering and he couldn't control it. And he was res- he resorted to violence. Well, I'm pretty sure whatever he was doing to this young woman was him resorting to violence. But he didn't know what he was in for. And I suspect she probably fought back. He's not a very big fellow, and he may have been overwhelmed by her size and her strengths and tenacity to fight back. Good for her. She tried. I wish she had a gun. I wish she had a gun. And when this murderer tried to rape her, presumably, I got to be honest, they say uh, concealing her body, that's just an opportunity to distance herself from the crime, adding that investor investigators can't rule out sexual assault as a possible motive. I think that's fairly obvious. He was going to try and drag her off and kidnap her and rape her. She fought back, so he killed her. I wish she had a gun. And then when he tried to rape her and kill her, she could have stopped him. I don't want him to die. I don't want anyone to die. I don't want anyone to die, even the worst of the worst. But some people forfeit their lives, and that's a fact of of life. There is a legal precedent where you have a right to defend yourself when these people want to kill you. It is sad when they die. No one, I, I don't like the people who cheer for death in any circumstance. I believe that death is an unfortunate circumstance that arises when people create those circumstances. If this guy were to have died, if Lakin was able to have stopped him with even a small weapon, a 22, I'd say, you know, it's sad he, he died, but it is his fault. The reason I think that I think life is precious and, uh, you know, cue all the people commenting about abortion and stuff like that. No, there's very serious, challenging questions. I think abortion is wrong. I just don't know the limits of the law. And so that's my argument. But I'm not going to get into the argument. I'm going to simply say two way, baby. Ladies, I got to tell you, the great equalizer, the handgun, get trained, learn how to use it. A 22, you know, I, I suppose the issue with a 22, do they jam? I know, I know. I've got a really great, I think it's a Smith and Wesson, I'm not sure. And it's fantastic, uh, really easy to handle, and it jams a lot. So, you know, in all honesty, Lex, maybe you want a, a nine millimeter um, revolver, maybe. I don't know. Don't take advice from me on this one. Consult a self-defense specialist, trainer, um, you know, all that stuff. You know, some women, they'll do self-defense training, and that goes a long way. Technique is, is, is a lot. But in the end, you're dealing with a man who will overpower you with muscle mass. And you will need that great equalizer. I wish Lakin had a gun. I wish he did. I wish he was alive today. I wish the story was criminal alien dies in murder attempt. And I'm not saying I want him to die. I don't. And I don't want anyone to be killed. But the story now is young woman mercilessly beaten to death, skull crushed by a criminal alien. You know what? I can say this. I'm wrong. I don't want a story about this migrant being, you know, having died instead of her. That's what I mean to say, right? I wish the story instead of Lakin's death was his because he's the evil. But I'm wrong. I shouldn't have said that. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. The story should be this. Criminal alien turned away at border. Criminal alien turned away at border. Just that. A small blip, a single sentence. Today, a migrant named Jose Ibarra was turned away from the border after his claims of asylum were rejected. That's it. End of story. Because I don't want anyone to get hurt. 
And I know there are a lot of people who think even if you're a bad person, you should uh, suffer the consequences or whatever. And I'm like, listen, I would prefer it if the murderous rapist died as she defended herself, then she died. But I don't want any of them to die. And I don't want anyone to kill anyone. It is the fault of this man this happened. But you know what? Here's the story I'd actually prefer. A Venezuelan migrant approached Donald Trump's border barrier today and turned around and left. That's it. That's what the story should be. I mean, we can be more realistic and say Customs and Border Protection apprehend man at border. Jose Ibarra, five foot seven inches, 26 years old, was turned away and was warned not to come back. That should be the story. It's insane. She was a nursing student and you've got the media now saying things like the GOP is pouncing or whatever. And I'm like, man, I don't know this lady's politics. A 22 year old college age woman. I bet she was a liberal. I bet she was a Democrat. I don't care. This is my country. And in my country, I get to insult and yell at libs. We get to argue with each other because we're one big, very, very angry family. But you come from outside my country and you kill my country's young people. We got a problem. Donald Trump is vowing a mass deportation operation. Good. Former President Donald Trump blasted Democrat border security and law enforcement policies for the murder of Georgia student Lakin Riley at the hands of an illegal immigrant, vowing that when elected, he will immediately seal the border and begin the largest deportation operation of illegal criminals in American history. It needs to happen now. Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil had this uh, interview with the head of the CBP union who said that CBP is facilitating child prostitution, child sex trafficking. I just I don't I don't know how much more angry I can get at what's going on. And, you know, when I hear from all these people who are like, no, Trump can't win. It's got to be Biden. I'm like, children are being trafficked. They don't care. They don't care. It's insane. I was talking to that guy. I remember I I told you that story about I was at the casino and I'm like, listen, a point I've made on my show several times. The things the United States has done in foreign war, in in countries we did not declare war on. The things that that this country has done. Donald Trump, no new wars. Everything else is stamp collecting. They talk about, you know, the Palestinian genocide. That's what they're calling it. And I'm like, well, under Donald Trump, there were no new wars. In fact, there was peace. And they said, yeah, but he was sacrificing the Palestinians for this peace. Listen. If Donald Trump's policy plan is we're not involved, have a nice day, I'll take it. And that means the bad things that happen to this country. Well, that's the, that's that's what we must endure to get a president like Trump to fix these problems. So when they come and they say, oh, but Trump's lewd and lascivious. Oh, but Trump's corrupt. I'm like, don't care. Literally don't care because Trump's going to stop this. And maybe not perfectly. But he will actually try. Trump will stop the foreign wars. Not perfectly, but he will try. And I will take it. I'm sick to my stomach reading this stuff. I'm like, I don't know, man. Joe Biden, Bidenomics, stupid politics. And then you've got to read a story that describes how this criminal alien who should not have been in this country brutally murdered this young woman. 
it's pretty wild. I read stories, you know, online a lot. And I think to myself, like, the one sentence a person could have uttered that, and this girl would be alive, the butterfly effect almost. The massive difference in the world in this, this one moment. Imagine this. Donald Trump gets elected, 2020. This man is turned away at the border. She's alive. That's big, isn't it? Imagine this. She's out for a jog. This psychotic criminal alien is walking up to her when a 60-year-old man looks at him and says, excuse me, sir, do you know what time it is? The criminal alien then is distracted and noticed and stops. Lake and Riley runs off, jogging, never thinks twice, makes it home that day. I think about these things, the slightest of moments that would mean that this girl, this young woman would be alive today. I have to wonder. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And you've got people who have defended the Democrats and their border policies. And here we are today. I hope we see we hear of no more death. You know. I said earlier that I hoped that I, I would I would rather have the story be that the migrant, the illegal immigrant was killed in self-defense by Riley. I'd actually rather the story be that she defended herself. He was arrested and deported. That's the future that we want. Proof. These people commit crimes. They get caught and we remove them. Instead, now this scumbag in Athens is blaming Donald Trump for it. Such an evil, evil, despicable man. I hope he loses his election. I hope he gets ousted. And I hope we can start to fix this country so that we no longer have to hear stories like this. And I know that they're going to come out and say, Tim, it's only a matter of time before you hear a story about an American guy who kills a 22 year old. And I'm like, right. And then we will work to solve that problem next. But how about we take one step at a time? If this man wasn't here, this young woman would be alive. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I'll see you all then. Let's start very simply for people who don't know what Bitcoin is and don't know a lot about it. I don't think you need to. The breaking news right now is that Bitcoin has surpassed $60,000. And currently, according to Google, according to the market, Bitcoin is sitting at $61,160. It would seem the next rally is upon us. I am not here to give you any financial advice. Do not take anything I say as financial advice. I don't know. What I can tell you is this. There are rally periods throughout Bitcoin's history, largely related to something called the halving. Some people call it the halvening, the half. You know, it's when the rewards for miners, those who produce Bitcoin, gets cut in half. Bitcoin will become harder and harder and harder to produce over time. It's very, very interesting. Now, there are a lot of people who want to tell you they know what Bitcoin is. They know it better than you. And I'm not so sure any of that matters. What matters is this. El Salvador is a nation that has pegged itself to Bitcoin. Bitcoin is their currency. 
with this boost in the value of Bitcoin, El Salvador is rapidly becoming a very, very wealthy nation. And I'll tell you my thoughts on this. Um, if I took my paycheck and instead of putting it in the bank, <clears throat> put it into Bitcoin, man, that's so brutal. With Bidenomics and mass inflation, if I had taken my, if, if, if a person took a $500 paycheck and said, I need X amount for the week and I was going to put 300 into the bank and they put that 300 into Bitcoin, they'd have a lot of money right now. Again, it's not advice because Bitcoin prices do go down. I'm going to give you my prediction right away. It's a worthless prediction. Take it for what it's worth. I don't know. It's probably worth something, but it's not, probably not the most informed. I believe Bitcoin will likely hit 200,000 in the next coming weeks or month before dropping way back down to maybe around 80,000. And the reason why? This happens every time. And it's a function of Bitcoin. Bitcoin hit $100 and everyone started screaming and cheering. Then it fell down to 10 or $20. Then a few years later, it hits $1,000. Everyone's screaming and cheering. And then it falls back down to 100 Then it's 20000 Falls back down to three. Then it hits 60000 Falls down to 18 I think what we're looking at right now with Bitcoin is 200 k maybe. And then it drops down to 80 That means if I were to buy a ton of Bitcoin right now, you know, I'd see like a 20 to 30% return in the long run. Now, there's going to be a lot of people who try to take advantage of this and buy into Bitcoin, hoping to sell out at the top because these waves happen and a lot of people get rich. But it's kind of wild. It's kind of wild. Let me go through the news real quick, show you what's going on with Bitcoin, the happening, and then I'll explain to you where I am at with Bitcoin. And uh, let me just say, um, I probably shouldn't. But I think this is important, and I don't care as much about Bitcoin as most people, but I do care a bit. And, uh, at, I, you know, it's kind of, kind of tough to say, but I think I should say it. You know, everybody knows I'm doing pretty well. Tim Cass is doing very, very well for itself. And this is why I think the issue of Bitcoin hasn't really resonated with me uh, as much as it would for anybody who made their money principally off Bitcoin. But uh, I think it's, I'm a Bitcoin millionaire. I bought Bitcoin uh, large amounts. 10 years ago. And where I am at right now is I'm sitting here with my jaw on the floor looking at the value of Bitcoin. I don't know what that means. I don't. Um, I don't know what you should do. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm just going to say, I'll, I'll tell you my story in a bit, but I think it's important to understand that context. And the money I've put in the bank has only lost value substantially. And the money I put into Bitcoin as my savings has surpassed, it, it, it's, it's in the it's at seven figures. I'll just leave it at that. I, I, you know, they say never talk about how much you have and stuff like that. Oh, well, you know, I don't know. I don't want to tell you, but uh, that's where I'm at. Let me read for the news and then I'll explain uh, my position, how I got here. And I'll talk to you about, you know, general wealth and my perception on resources, money and financing, etc. Reuters reporting Bitcoin hit 60,000 as FOMO rally gathers pace. I don't believe it's FOMO, but whatever. I say it was up 6%, blah, blah, blah. But explain to me what your FOMO is. Quote, Bitcoin is being driven by the support of consistent inflows into the new spot ETFs and outlook for April's halving event and June's Fed interest rate cuts. Ben Later, global market strategist at retail investment platform eToro said, the value of all Bitcoin is in circulation has topped $2 trillion this month for the first time in two years, according to the crypto platform CoinGecko, 
Well, the price of the token itself has doubled in just four months. Yeah, four months ago, six months ago, Bitcoin was trading at like 18. That's that's wild. And you don't need to spend $18,000 to buy one because basically one Bitcoin breaks down to the eighth decimal point, meaning you quite literally buy $5 worth. So if six months ago you had $10 and you just bought some crypto, you'd have $30. If you had 100, you'd have 300. If you had 1,000, you'd have 3,000. You actually have more than the other 3,500. If Bitcoin really does hit 200K, holy crap, your, your 10 bucks would turn into 100. Your 1,000 would turn into 10,000. Your 10,000 would turn into 100,000. And if you had a savings of, say, like 100 grand, you know, I know a lot of people don't have that, but I'm saying like if you're someone, you're maybe in your 40s or whatever, and that's what you're looking at, million bucks. It's pretty wild because the more you put in, the more impactful your return is. You put a hundred bucks, you get a thousand bucks back. That's amazing. You can do a lot of thousand dollars. You put a thousand bucks and you get 10,000 back. Holy crap. Now you put 2,000 in your savings. You double your savings. You got 8,000 to do whatever with. Buy yourself a motorcycle. You put in all of your savings. And I'm not telling you to do this. I'm saying if a person did from a hundred grand to a million, now you're in retirement territory. Now you're like, I could just stop working and live off the million bucks for the rest of my life. You better plan for that because a million is not doesn't go as far these days. They say on Monday and Tuesday, around 110 million shares in the biggest three change hands. So these are the ETFs. Full disclosure, I purchased um, two ETFs and I am very, very happy with those as well. So they say uh, 100, 110 million shares in the biggest three change hands, about 51 percent of the 215 million shares traded in the market's most valuable companies, Apple, Microsoft and NVIDIA. Three weeks ago, the percentage was closer to 15. Essentially, we're seeing the ETF effect ahead of schedule. Inflows into them stopped up, stepped up quickly last week and have sustained. And we think it's reflective of advisors getting out there very quickly to start selling the ETFs to clients. If $60,000 doesn't whet the appetite, consider that 70% of Bitcoin supply has remained unmoved for a year. And the little that's left is being hoovered up by the likes of BlackRock and Fidelity, just as rewards for miners are about to be slashed in half. The stars are aligning for Bitcoin. Crypto investor and software firm MicroStrategy earlier this week disclosed that it had recently bought about 3,000 Bitcoins for $155 million. While social media platform Reddit also said in a regulatory filing, it had bought small amounts of Bitcoin and Ether. Ether is another cryptocurrency. It's another principle. Bitcoin and Ether are basically the top two. Um, I don't think anything else matters. And some people actually think Ether doesn't matter. I hold those two as well as some what we would call, <laughs> I don't want to swear, ish coins. I got a very little bit of that. I have like some doge for fun. They're going to say, meanwhile, the world's second biggest cryptocurrency, Ether, which underpins the Ethereum blockchain, which is massive. Okay, okay Ethereum is huge because it is, is utility, is infrastructure. Bitcoin does a lot. Ethereum functions as like the foundation of a bunch of companies. It's more like a stock, so it's not the same thing but it is skyrocketing. $3,353, having hit another two-year high earlier in the day. The price has risen 47% in February, the biggest gain since a 70% rally in July 2022. I remember back then, Bill Lottman of Minds.com was like, you got to buy Ethereum, dude. And I was like, really? And I'm like, is that advice? No, but privately he was like, yeah. And I bought a bunch. Holy crap. That's all I can say. Look, let me, let me, let me, let me, we got this, this GIF here is funny. The sellers are gone. 
Government shuts down in two days, $300 billion in debt added in two weeks. Now, 34.3 trillion will be at 50 trillion in the blink of an eye. What is the price? What is the Bitcoin price telling us? There's something that uh, uh, Jeff Bezos, Zuckerberg, Senator Tuberville, these people have been dumping stocks. And the question is why? I wonder if it's because they're buying Bitcoin. Because those in the know, when they report a selling off of stock, we're not going to know if they're buying Bitcoin. It's not going to be as public. I believe for the senators and members of Congress, it may be because of financial disclosure forms, but I don't know if we would learn about that right away. Bitcoin Munger on Twitter says, too many observations from Bitcoin order books. Sellers are moving sell liquidity to the $70,000 level, even they know the current sell wall won't hold for long. Many buyers are still sidelined, hoping to buy in for 30 to 40 Ks. They will be forced to bid higher. So take a look at this and um, I'll explain uh, to the best of my ability what this means. I could be wrong. And again, not advice. Seriously, man, who knows? Bitcoin could blow up overnight and be gone. I have no idea. All I can tell you is I'm happy and I'll tell you my story in a second. So here we are right now. What this image is showing is how much someone wants to buy for, how much someone wants to sell for. And what we're seeing is that many sellers are saying I, they're listing their Bitcoin for sale around the 70K level. Many buyers are listing buy orders at the 30 to 40K level. The buyers are hoping that more people start buying out the higher cost Bitcoin and the price starts going down. So if 10 people say it's 50K for a Bitcoin and all those Bitcoin are bought up, what's the next price available? It's going to be higher and higher prices. Or I'm sorry, they're hoping more sellers dump. The more sellers there are, if they're all competing, they have to lower their prices to offload their Bitcoin. But if sellers are moving their prices higher, then even if all of the lower cost Bitcoin sell, or even like that, then it's going to have to be 70. Like this is the general function of like how the price increases. People are buying or selling. If nobody's buying, sellers will start lowering the price, hoping someone will buy. But if everyone's buying and they are, the price will move up because there's not an, like there's more. Bu- it's, it's really simple. Okay, more buyers and less sellers means the price goes up. It's basically that simple. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Bitcoin Munger says sellers look weak by the day. Not seeing much lighting up on the sell side outside of the 95 to 100,000 range. Sidelined bidders at 45,000 and below have yet to capitulate. But when they do, it's going to be insanity. All exchanges continue to have an imbalance towards the bid side. ATHs are coming. Tick tock. I think uh, so. Bitcoin's currently massively trending at 159,000 posts. Several things to consider as we uh, get into the what's going on with Bitcoin. The halving is coming. This is when the rewards for people who mine Bitcoin, they use processors, GPUs to solve equations, and then they get a, a certain amount of Bitcoin. So I'm, I, I'm trying to oversimplify it here. This means that they have to spend X amount of dollars on electricity and infrastructure to generate X amount of Bitcoin or Y amount of Bitcoin. I can't use X twice, right? And so if it costs them $40,000 to produce one Bitcoin, 
they have to at least sell it for $40,000.01. But that's way too low. I mean, there's got to be some profit clearance to actually support and grow the infrastructure and build up these mining operations as they will need more and more machinery to expand. Thus, when the Bitcoin happening happens, miners, the people who, who produce Bitcoin, will be sitting on their payload and they will say, and this happens every time they say, we have worked hard for years to generate large quantities of Bitcoin. And now that it's costing us double to produce them, the existing supply that was produced at 20K can only be sold at 40K. That's the moment they are waiting for when they will have a large supply at a higher rate and then they will sell, generating a massive profit, which they can use to expand. This will result in a like when the halving happens, it's speculated. And this happens every time that no one will sell for less than the cost of a Bitcoin, because if that happens, the whole system implodes and it's probably not going to when BlackRock is buying it. When you've got major banks buying it, when countries are buying it, you have your built in buyers now. That means no one can sell a Bitcoin for less than the cost of what it takes to produce it. That means at the bare minimum, if it costs 40K to produce a Bitcoin, Bitcoin is 40K, period. Now, of course, people say it could go belly up. It could all be over. Sure, I guess. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert. You got to talk to Max Kaiser about that. But I can tell you a story. Oh, the stories I have about Bitcoin. I mentioned early on that I am the Bitcoin millionaire. Not massively or anything. I don't have billions of dollars or anything like that. And uh, Timcast is a more valuable company than, you know, my savings or whatever. But let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story. You do what you want to do. I'm not giving you advice because I could lose everything. In fact, uh, I did lose a bit, uh, a good amount in, in some other areas on crypto. Let me tell you a story. Most of you know, because I've told it a million times. 2011, I was sitting at a hackerspace. It was called Crash Space in Los Angeles. I don't know if it still exists. It was in Culver City. Sitting on my laptop, I had $5,000 saved in my bank that I never touched. I had saved up. And once I got to that threshold, I was like, that money will never be touched. That is my I'm about to die money. That is my leg broke. I go to the hospital money. And so I'm sitting in the hackerspace with my buddy, my buddy, Jeff. Shout out, Jeff. Hope all is well. And I'm, I'm reading online in these forums and I find Bitcoin. <clears throat> I don't know how I found it. Probably on Twitter or something. 70 cents per coin. Yeah. And I said, to my buddy, I looked over, I was like, what do you think about this? I was like, I got five grand. I could buy, I could just buy a bunch of this. I'm not going to spend the money anyway. And he was like, nah, it's, it's probably a scam. Some guys made digital currency. He's going to sell it to you. Take all your money and then you're going to have nothing. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. But I did set up a Bitcoin wallet. I did use the Bitcoin faucet at the time where it gave you like 0.05 Bitcoin every 15 minutes. It was fun. You just like clicked the button. And then I was like, woo, I got some Bitcoin, 0.05. Wow. Point so $60,000 per coin right now. 60,000. So we're talking about 600. That's $300. Is it $300? Am I doing my math wrong? It's uh let's see. No, no, no. Is it 360,000? So uh 1% is 600. No, no, no. Okay. And we're talking about a fraction of a bitcoin. So it was much less than that. It's like 30 bucks, I guess. Point it was, it was zero. It was point zero five, I think. Was it point zero five? It's hard to remember. It might have been more than that, actually. But I don't think it was multiple Bitcoin. I think it was much less. But they weren't worth that much. You weren't getting that much out of it. So, 
Yeah, I think we're looking at, you know, 660, 30 bucks. It was giving you 30 bucks and you could just spam it. It was just giving you 30 bucks. That's crazy, right? So anyway, I ended up not buying it. I did end up getting a, a, a decent amount. I ended up with like five. And I was like, whatever. I was like five bucks. During Occupy and all these protests, people would be like, can I give you Bitcoin? I'd say, sure. I remember I had like 20 Bitcoin and I ended up selling it when it hit like 20 bucks. I made $400 and I was like, holy crap, I got 400 bucks. I was so excited. I did have like 20 very er- relatively early on when it was like, I think it was worth a dollar, not even a dollar because I didn't spend the five grand on the Bitcoin, but it was about like 20 bucks. That computer was destroyed in a fire and that Bitcoin is gone forever. So, you know, 20 Bitcoin, that's like a million something, a million something dollars destroyed in a laptop 13 years ago, and uh, it will never be recovered. I, I wouldn't even know where to begin. If I think it's probably pounded in a mulch. But, but anyway, I tell the story. And the important thing to understand is even if I bought $5,000 worth of Bitcoin at 70 cents, dude, I would have sold it five bucks. I would have sold the five bucks like, oh my, oh my God, I've got 30 grand. Like, what do I do? It's crazy. Five grand, that was the most money I had. It was my savings. And even if I held on to it and believed it would reach 20 bucks, there's no way I wouldn't have sold it. I would have sold it. Absolutely. And so I ended up selling it 400 because it was like, I, I, it was like, I don't know. It was like 20 bucks worth of Bitcoin. And now it's 400 because people had donated. I was like, dude. So Max Kaiser in like 2012 was like, Tim, I'm telling you, you got to hold your big, you got to buy it, man. You buy as much as you can. You hold on to it. And I was like, no, I get it. I get it. You know, whatever. And then I remember hanging out with Luke Rutkowski in like 2012. And I was like, nah, I'm going to move some of this. I don't want to hold too much. And I sold him a good amount. I can't remember how much. It was a couple hundred bucks. And he was like, I'll take it. <laughs> so I wonder how much Luke has. Uh, but anyway, Bitcoin ends up hitting $100. It ends up hitting $1,000. It ends up hitting several thousand. It falls back down. And then sometime around like 2014, 15, I was thinking to myself, Bitcoin was at like 1300 at the time. I think it was like 1300. This might have been 2016, actually. And I was just like, man, I keep running into this situation every time where Bitcoin skyrockets in value. What am I doing with it? And so I thought to myself, that $5,000 that I could have spent on Bitcoin, guess what? I never spent it. That's right. It was sitting in my bank account to this day. Dollars are fungible, but I have never dropped below $5,000. So if I had just bought the Bitcoin and ignored it, I would never have noticed. I'd have completely forgotten. But instead, I decided to hold on to US dollars, which has done nothing for me but lose value. And so that's why, you know, 10 or so years ago, it might have been 2016, I had a a handful of Bitcoin, but I was like, you know, I'm just going to buy a bunch. Like, whatever. I've got this money sitting in the bank. I'm not doing anything with. I'll just buy some. And so I did. And I bought a decent amount at around 1000 to $1,300. Bitcoin's at $61,000 right now. Even when it was at 18 stable, I was like, wow, what a great investment. Now I'm sitting here looking at my account like, holy crap. That's just crazy. I don't even know what to think. Now I'll let you in on... Uh, you know, transparency. I don't know. People often say, like, don't talk about this stuff, but I'll tell you how I feel. While Bitcoin is skyrocketing in value and my holdings have surpassed seven figures, I've never touched it. So I've not pulled anything for those investments. So, you know, we keep track of it all tax wise, but I've not realized any of those gains or anything like that. 
while all that was happening, Timcast was rapidly expanding and revenue generation was increasing. And so Bitcoin didn't really matter to me because my business was taking off and my business is the principal source of my wealth. I think if I was. If back then I bought this Bitcoin and I decided just to live off my savings very frugally. Today, man, I don't even know what I'd be doing, but I would be laughing like at the amount of money that I've I've made from this. I don't think Bitcoin is the mechanism by which you buy it, hope to get rich and then sell it. Mm -mm, That's not what I do. I thought about if I took my paycheck and just bought Bitcoin with it and stored it in Bitcoin instead of a bank. When I withdrew it, my wealth would be increasing. When I put my dollars in the bank, my wealth decreases. How about that? It's fascinating. I opened a a high yield savings account last year and I'm really excited. I'm like, look, it's generating money for me. Better pay taxes on that. I'm like, why didn't I just put that money in Bitcoin? Would have had a way bigger return. And if I ever need to take that money out to use it, using Bitcoin like a bank account, I know all the Bitcoin diehards are like, that's not what it's for. You're doing it wrong. I don't don't know or care, dude. I'm not going to pretend to know the intricacies or anything about what's going on. What I can tell you is I got retirement money. It's wild. I don't I don't know where Bitcoin goes. I think with El Salvador adopting it. You've got you've got buyers forever. And I think with the mechanism of it, if more countries begin to adopt this the way El Salvador did, I mean, you get to the point where five countries peg their currency or make Bitcoin their 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 official currency. Bitcoin will never leave and you create a, a store of wealth that will grow. And that's amazing. It's a really interesting system. You want. You, yeah, it's fascinating. I wonder where this all goes. I really, really do. People like to say one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. I think the end result for Bitcoin is a million dollars. I think Bitcoin reaches a million bucks and stabilizes a million per coin. But I could be wrong because, you know, Bitcoin ends at 21 million coins, but it'll get harder and harder and harder to produce. I think it'll take 100 years to get there or something like that. Maybe by then technology has changed and we have something different. I think a million dollars a coin is is reality. I do. Don't take anything I said as advice. Talk to a financial advisor because Max Kaiser knows better than I do. So, you know, talk to someone who actually knows much more about this. I'll leave it there. 60K. Next segment is coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. So this cop is upset that because of his Caucasian race, he's not getting promotions, has decided to file a lawsuit against the city of Chicago for the right to change his race. Now, part of me wants to say this is the way. And part of me says, oh, man, if we start doing this, they may actually enjoy it and say, yes, yes, of course, create this blank slate reality where anyone can be any race or any gender. That being said, I think for now it's easy to say this is a good thing. Because perhaps this lawsuit by this cop will expose the absurdity of changing your gender. The New York Post reports Chicago cop sues city for right to change his race after department allows officers to change their genders. Honest question. Why is one allowed and not the other? No, seriously. Why is one allowed? Both are immutable. You can uh, get your skin darkened or lightened. You can get surgery to appear like the other gender. Why is one legally allowed and one not? A Chicago police officer is suing the city to change his race on his official records 
after the department said it would allow officers to freely change their gender to match their identity. Muhammad Yusuf, 43, said in a federal civil rights lawsuit filed last week that he is looking to change from Caucasian as he currently identifies as Egyptian and African-American. However, the Chicago Police Department is not allowing him to change his race. Now, part of me has to wonder, is his name actually Muhammad Yusuf? It may be. As a white man, it is kind of a strange name, atypical, but uh, I shouldn't say strange, but atypical, not normal, not average. We're trying to be nice here. Maybe this is like a white Irish guy named like Bill Smith who changed his name legally because that's what people do and they change their name for their gender and then said, now that I'm Muhammad Yusuf, I want to change my race. And they're saying no. Well, I don't know for sure, but let's read more. The lawsuit comes as the department allows an officer's gender identity to be corrected to match their lived experience, Yusuf's lawsuit alleges. And the decision is impacting Yusuf's professional advancement, he claims. Fox News Digital reached out to the Chicago Police Department for a statement, and it said we do not comment on pending litigation. According to the lawsuit, Yusuf alleges that he has been repeatedly overlooked for promotions due to his Caucasian race. These promotions, he claims, have been given to other minority applicants with only very few going to Caucasian applicants. The 20-year veteran of the Chicago Police Department points in his lawsuit to CPD's promotion system that particularly benefits minority candidates, even if they did not score well on promotional exams. Fact. Chicago does this. My family's got personal experience with this. They will intentionally ignore test results to hire and promote non-white people. And Mark Cuban claims it doesn't happen. I'm sick of these people, dude. It's my lived experience. My family actually dealt with this 20, 25 years ago. That's how long this has been going on. I'm glad this guy is suing. Yusuf specifically claims that he scored in the first promotional tier on the sergeant's exam in 2019, but he was not promoted then and has still not received such a promotion. Since that time, he alleges in the lawsuit to have seen over 75 merit promotions to sergeant with less than five going to candidates who identify as Caucasian. Despite Yusuf's exemplary qualifications and the purported race neutral policy of the merit system, Yusuf has been repeatedly bypassed for promotion in favor of less qualified candidates based on their race, specifically African-American officers, some of whom had disciplinary issues and were not suitable for the responsibilities of a sergeant. Yusuf said in his complaint. Yusuf said he first joined the force in 2004. And at the time, the department only offered three race selections, Caucasian, black and Hispanic. He chose Caucasian and it was put on his official record, he said. Now the department offers over nine different racial designations for incoming officers, but it is stopping him from changing his race to more accurately reflect his identity due to a blanket prohibition against changing an officer's race, the legal filing said. After repeated rejections, Yusuf claims he was told he would first have to produce a DNA test before his race could be changed on his record. He then provided the results of a 23andMe genetic test, which showed his heritage and race. But the department ultimately said it was not possible to change his official records, he claims. Looks like this guy actually is Egyptian. <clears throat> the racial identity project, uh, I'm sorry, the racial identity policy ban facially and intentionally discriminates against certain individuals based on personally identifiable characteristics like race, the officer alleges. The lawsuit specifically alleges the city of Chicago is in violation of Title V of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Good. Good for him. And I hope he wins. You know, I think about this stuff. 
And as I said early on, part of me is like, if you get a white cop and he's like, I'm black now, the left wants that to happen. They want to erase these distinctions. So if you sue, they'll go, oh, I I guess we have to do it. Then they're going to use that precedent for their gender ideology stuff. It's a difficult battle, isn't it? But I do wonder, I really, really do. How does one identify as a race versus a gender? Now, the left likes to argue that within us, the the capability of gender exists. Men can be women. Women can be men. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that that's true. You know, if women are XX and men are XY, that means certainly the men have X and Y, but women only have XX. They say that whether you'll be a boy or a girl, it comes from your father because women do not have the Y chromosome. That is to say, men have within them male and female, but women have within them only female. And that being said, clearly we understand the ideology of the far left. Anyone can simply just choose to be the other gender and then they'll say, sure, fine, whatever. What about race and why not? I was told by many leftists that I am not Asian enough because I'm only a quarter, 20% Korean, 5% Japanese. Hmm. How much of a race do you have to be to identify as that race? Honest question. Is 5% enough? Bang. I'm Japanese. From now on, I am Japanese American. I didn't even know it until a couple of years ago, to be honest, because I just thought I was Korean. But then uh, my, my, you know, we had a DNA test from the family. It turns out Japanese too. And boy, isn't that an interesting history. Yikes. But uh, with that being said, um, and the long history of the Japanese and the Koreans, uh, I've decided, I don't know, will my Korean ancestors feel like I have forsaken them? I identify, I'm 5% Japanese. I am Japanese. And that's it. From now on, Timcast is a Japanese-run show. And I can just say that. I mean, in all seriousness, though, like, can't I? How much of a race do you need to be to claim that you are that race? That's a question the left doesn't really have a good answer for. Typically, the left's response to this is based upon, well, different racial groups uh, have different thresholds. And more importantly, do you agree with them? It's a really great video. I think it was by College Humor. I can't remember where it's a panel of a a mixed race Asian determining whether or not someone has a right to uh, use Asian stereotypes and jokes and things like that. I think it was like a full Asian, a half Asian and a quarter Asian on a panel. And then people come in and then one guy's like, I'm one eighth Korean, you know, my my great grandmother. And they're like, "Okay, that means you can argue that your mom's food is better than the restaurants, the mall restaurants food. But you can't say it in front of other Asian people. And they're like, "Okay, I'm not trying to determine this. It's a really, really funny video. And it's it's actually kind of weird because I'm like, it's a bit esoteric. I mean, like, it's funny to me because I'm part Asian, I guess. But then in the end, a guy walks in and he's like, I'm one eighth black. And then all three of the panel goes, you're black. And that's that's an interesting concept in in woke gender and racial ideology. Or I should say woke racial ideology. Gender ideology seems to make no sense. They just make genders up. They're like, hey, you know, hydrogender. I'm not kidding. They have hydrogender. They made it up. But in terms of race, it's like if you are a certain race, then you can just claim to be purely of that race. So like Roseanne, for instance, gets in trouble because she didn't know that Valerie Jarrett was part black. And so when she insulted her, they were like, aha, that was racist. She's like, I didn't even know she was black. Doesn't matter. Those are the rules. And then when I come out and I say, you know, I'm mixed race, they say, no, you're not. You're white. You don't count. Because it's actually about do you support their ideology or not? This guy, 
It sounds like he provided a genetic test and he actually is Egyptian, African-American. And they won't let him. I have to wonder if when he joined, he checked Caucasian because he's like, I'm not black and I'm not Hispanic. Or if he was just like, I'll probably be better off if I put Caucasian. And now that you've got woke DEI stuff going on in these uh, at these institutions, he's like, I probably should change it. It's holding me back. It's a brave new world, isn't it, my friends? And this is the reality where guys who are like, I guess I'm white are now like, uh, I don't want to be. And that's what they want. So I don't know that this is a good thing. I like that he's suing. I hope he wins. But part of me just says, look, man, they are going to be happy to, to, to say you're no longer white. I learned this, I learned this when I was a kid. Uh, I am not legally a white person. I do not get counted in the census as a white person because I am a mixed race. I get counted in the census as mixed race other. And that's what the far left wants. Hope he wins. Next segment's coming up, to, coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast IRL. Thanks for hanging out and we'll see you all then. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.